Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest listeners because Dr. Eric Recker is not just a great, great guest and going to share exceptional value, but he's also been a guest on my alternative podcast series, Business as a Christian podcast. And today, we're going to talk, of course, about coffee. And we're going to talk about some great business lessons as well. But let me introduce first uh, Dr. Eric Recker. And he is a dentist, a husband, a father, a keynote speaker, elite success coach, author, don't worry, it keeps going, pilot, mountain climber, and recovering triathlete. And in the second half of his life, he is committed to helping people shorten the distance to becoming the best version uh, and best version of themselves, I suppose, and learning to win the now. I'm so happy to have you on today's podcast, Eric. We had such a great time on the other one, and I know we're going to have a great time on this episode as well. Welcome to today's podcast. Thanks for having me, Simon. So glad to be back. I I didn't realize until I was reading that bio out again, yeah, dentist, husband, father, keynote speaker, elite success coach. Uh, so many things uh, for us to talk about today. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about the coffee that you're drinking today, uh, the subscription coffee that you were telling me about earlier on, and and why. Yeah, so in our small town in Iowa, we are blessed with some great coffee shops. So our uh, one, and they have great names as coffee shops usually do. Mm-hmm. Smoky Row, The Brew. And uh, where I get the coffee from is called Iris Coffee Company. And so they started a few years ago with a subscription plan. So we get a bag of coffee every, I think it's every two weeks. And it is all single country origin coffee. So the one that we currently have uh, is called Open Water. And it's a light, medium roast. And on the package, I had to write this down. It says uh, hints of passion fruit black currant and dragon fruit uh i don't know about all that i don't even know what dragon fruit is (laughs) you know i i don't know about all that but i do know i love it i'm i'm a pretty simple guy with coffee yeah if i like how it tastes i'm gonna keep drinking it and we've been super happy with this the subscription's been great uh, we get a different bag, uh, and and their story is really cool. So, yeah, if you need a subscription coffee, Iris Coffee Company in Pella, Iowa, is a great place to look to. And it, it's such a shame because where, where I live here in the UK, and I know many places in the UK, we don't have those roasters uh, that many other countries uh, have. We have some, but not too many. And it's it's interesting as well that, I think particularly in the town there where I live, Eric, we don't have much imagination when it comes to naming our businesses. So most of the coffee shops and the tea rooms, because obviously you know we're big into our tea rooms over here, tend to be pretty, pretty boring. And the quirkiness of some of those names you gave there, 
yeah, I just want to go in just to see what it's like because of the name on the door. Yeah, and we didn't we yes. don't get that right in the UK. We don't really get that that hook to get people to come in uh, where it needs to be. So uh, yeah, and, and young, I like the name of your dental practice. That's a typical British company name, Wrecker Dental Care. That's what we do over here. We yeah. we keep it simple, give it a name, give it some kind of a connection to us. So I'm intrigued about that. But tell us a little bit about how you like to take your coffee then. Do you take it with milk, cream, black, sugar? Give us a bit of an idea of that. Just straight up. And yeah. I have to be a little careful. I'm somebody who likes to pour it and drink it. So uh, if I'm not careful, I get that great burn on the roof of my mouth right behind my front teeth. You know, that yeah, one yeah. that, that yeah. you remember you made a bad choice for about three days afterwards. So Correct. Yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm kind of in a hurry in the morning to get going, I'll uh, I will throw a couple ice cubes in there just so that doesn't happen. But uh, usually it's it's pour it and drink it. And I, yeah. I usually sit and have a little quiet time in the morning to just kind of try to get my mind right for the day. Uh, just frame up the day with quiet instead of starting it off with, with rushing right away. Yeah. It's interesting. I went to see a presentation by somebody uh, yesterday who sold their business and he did a presentation for some new businesses uh, titled the end game. And we had a lovely Spanish uh, tapas uh, buffet it was incredible food and we were talking about pizza and every single one of us around the table said yeah and don't we just hate that blister on the roof of the mouth when we just take that bite of the pizza because we don't want to eat it with a knife and a fork we want to just grab the piece of the pizza and put it in the mouth and we do it every time don't we and we just know it's going to be too hot but it's never anywhere in between is it it's never just right it's either too hot or it's starting to go too cold because we just can't get it get it right. But yeah, I'm with you on the coffee as well. Simon, that's so funny that you brought that up about the pizza. Our our favorite pizza place is literally one block away from our house. And yeah. we'll either eat it at the restaurant, and if we do, every single time I burn the <laughs> roof of my mouth. But if we take it to go and I have to walk it back to our house. Yeah. Then we open it up, eat it, and we're fine. So it doesn't take that much time, but we're so impatient, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, and, and we were talking about, you know, I was slightly delayed jumping on this because, you know, uh, some, some traffic accidents where people have just had little shunts, and it's that lack of patience, isn't it? And I think as business owners in particular, we, we have this, uh, I suppose, intent to do everything at pace because we feel we have to. Uh, and, and we don't. And we'll talk, perhaps talk about that in a short while. So dentist, keynote speaker, elite success coach. Tell the listeners a little bit about the reason behind what you're up to now. And I know you want to talk about burnout. Uh, just give us a little bit of that backstory so we can set the scene for perhaps something that's been significant for you. Yeah, so... I. I could get carried away with this and, and probably talk for hours, but I think a lot of it comes from being bullied on the playground at school when I was growing up. So not being able to play some of the games, being told I wasn't good enough to play. So I overcompensated in my life and decided that I was always going to be plenty good enough that people would always pick me. So I worked 
super hard in school and everything that I did. And that's kind of where some of the triathlon stuff came. I just discovered a few years ago that I think what I was really trying to do was prove to those bullies that had moved on long time ago from me that I was good enough. And so I hit the ground running with my dental practice in 2002. I practiced with my father. He bought a new practice that I was able to start in right away. So we merged two practices. But from day one, my schedule was booked out for six weeks. And so I had no chance to hit the ground running. I'm super thankful to him that he did that or else it might have been a really slow ramp up. But because of that, I've only known one speed in work. And that is where can you fit another patient? How tight can you go? How fast can you go? And then that even translates into a Sunday afternoon, which should hopefully be more of a Sabbath time, more of a restful time. But to me, I always saw it as something that had to be productive. So all of that together led to tremendous rounds of burnout and the worst one of those being around the time of COVID. And so I wondered if it was maybe time in in being quiet and actually slowing down, wondering if it was time to, to reinvent myself. In fact, I got to the point where I was starting to get an agreement get an agreement in place to sell my practice and completely walk away from dentistry. And through a series of uh, unfortunate events, uh, the person who was going to buy my uh, practice was in a terrible car accident um, and barely survived, but it, uh, it, wow. it just changed the direction of things. Yeah. And so I was in this place where I had to decide what I was going to do moving forward. So ultimately, uh, what what has transpired is I have a partner now in my dental practice. So we are 50-50 owners of the practice. I sold half of my practice to him. And now I'm able to see patients three days a week. I see patients Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I work on, uh, I, I would say that coaching, keynote speaking, writing, all of that, I kind of put under the umbrella of content. So three days a week, I'm seeing patients and three days a week, I am working on content. And that involves everything else. Yeah. Why is it and, you know, and listeners, you know, I I went through a similar uh, experience of burnout way, way back. And I always had a mantra that if I live to 50, I'd be happy. I'm 55 now. So I'm even more happier. But I knew and we know as business owners, don't we, that we are burning hard we're burning both ends of that candle as they say and we're working hard and you know i felt the same and although i was building businesses that gave me more money and essentially i had more time i was still living life pretty pretty hard in what i was doing every moment had to be filled as you said and i went to canada uh, one christmas came back and caught pneumonia you know uh, i thought i caught a cold got pneumonia and the doctor said you need to take a month off i was like really a whole month they said yeah you need to take a month off because you are going to spend a month in bed you know that's that's the that's where you are you know and i felt like i was drowning uh, and it really had to give me a perspective of you know how quickly I, I was getting to that point of burnout and got to it 
But I even then, I was trying to blame it on, I must have caught an infection. And, and you know, I kept saying to the doctor, where did this come from? He said, it came from your stress. It came from the way that you're living your life. And I don't know about you, Ed, but why is it, do you think, we as business owners have to get to that point where we have that burnout to make a change? Because it seems that we need that that real slap around the face to say, look, you know, you can't carry on like this before we make a change. Why do we have to get to that point? You know, and how do you help people with the the win, the now, etc.? How do you help people recognize that perhaps before then? Because you know, I see so many people just are heading on the same track. Yeah, I think, I don't know if all business owners go through it a time of burnout, but I think it's pretty darn close to, to all of us. And we're just used to working hard. Some people have the illusion that owning a business is just a license to print money. And all they see for me, all they see is what I do as a dentist and what the fee is. They don't see any of the after hours. They think I show up five minutes before my day starts. I maybe go play golf at lunch. And then I cut out early and that's just not what it is business. And especially when you're in a service industry and your mind does not shut off. You wake up in the night thinking about something with your business. You, you think about it on a Sunday afternoon when you should be resting, you think, boy, I could go get ahead on email. I could plot my next week out. Uh, There's lots of things like that. So there's always something to do. Yeah. But I think what we miss is a super important element of self-care. And to me, I think almost what I've seen with the people I talk to, burnout is almost always when we're empty. We don't have anything left in the tank because we've been pushing, pushing, pushing. And if we don't have a good strategy for refilling, at some point, we are going to be just like you were, Simon, forced into a period of rest. So we can either take smaller periods of rest here and there, or we can be forced into a big one. I, I had a similar one. I went to India in 2006. And uh, somehow, despite being super careful, I caught E. coli while I was there. So I was super healthy before I went there. That's probably why I uh, was able to weather it. But I was in the hospital for two days. And uh, I lost 25 pounds, and that was a way that I was forced to slow down. Well, in, in 2006, I was still 29 years old, and I didn't learn my lesson. I just yeah. went back to work and just kept getting after it. But I think that self-care piece is something that we're really missing, and it's just vitally important. Yeah, and I think for me, you you mentioned COVID, and you know, uh, the pandemic was an interesting time for me because, you know, I, I like to feel that from the age of 42 to the age of uh, 50, 52, 53, I got it just about right. You know, good work-life balance, particularly doing what I'm doing now as a coach. And the pandemic came along and clients were ringing me at six o'clock in the morning because they were waking up fearful of what was going to happen with their business. They were calling me at 10 o'clock at night because they were struggling to get to sleep. And it was an absolute privilege to be able to serve the clients uh, as I was able to, and you know, I dug into research. I tried to find grants, funding, you name it. You know, um, you know, I, I served people the best I could. But suddenly, my f- 
two and a half three day week became a seven day a week 24 hours a day almost and I became the busiest I've ever been I, I'm not saying I earned the most money because I certainly didn't because people were saying can't afford to pay you this month but yeah I still value you um, and it's it's that awareness yeah I knew that I had to sacrifice that time and I did have to put in uh, but being aware of that I think is one of the biggest things for us isn't it because when you're aware of it then you know enough's enough I'm going to come back out of it and I'm going to unwind it which I knew I could probably do it for about 18 months but I didn't want to do it any longer and thank goodness pandemic lasted just about as long as I could um yeah but <laughs> you know I, I, what would you say about making people aware of where they are and and how did that work for you yeah so helping other people be aware of where they're at I, I look at some of the symptoms of burnout so if you find yourself in your life being more reactive than you normally are more snippy with people more short with people probably means you're not in a very good place yeah if you find that gratitude is sneaking away from your life and you are pretty cynical then you're probably tending towards towards burnout if people are asking you if you're okay that's probably a sign that you're trending towards burnout. Yeah, because they and see so, it, don't they? They well, notice it. They notice your they health. Do. They notice how your moods are. You know, so, yeah, I think that's really important. And I'm guessing, Simon, that a lot of your coaching clients stuck with you after the pandemic. Is that yeah. a correct yeah. statement? Uh, yep, yeah. most. Yeah. Those that haven't have actually because... gone to better things and moved on. You know, and sold their businesses, etc., because they've realized life is more important. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think what happened. We were told with COVID that uh, that other people were toxic. We had to stay away from them. So what a lot mm -hmm. of people did, is, especially during the pandemic, is they really went inward and they really avoided other people, whether it was virtual or in person. And so the people that were able to weather COVID and the great gift that you gave your clients was being in relationship with them. Mm. The people who, who got through it were people who could talk about what was honestly on their mind. They could process it with a trusted person. And that's a great thing about what a coach is. If you don't feel like you have anybody that you really can talk to in your life, well, a coach can be that person. Yeah. And it's really important to have those solid relationships. And then you helped people weather the storm. And then you get lot, uh, loyal coaching clients that want to stick with you because you were there for them when, when they needed it the most. Yeah, yeah. So thinking about the, and I know you've got a sort of knockback burnout challenge. I think it's a five-day challenge. Uh, perhaps we'll, uh, we'll make sure uh, it's mentioned in the show notes. What would you say that you have had to work on most recently? Uh, that's been something that's either something you've overcome or something that's been significant where you've just looked back and said, yeah, that was a great achievement. Yeah, I so I just kind of coming down off the mountain. I actually wrote a, a blog called The Beautiful Letdown this mm -hmm. last weekend because my youngest son graduated from high school. My oldest son's, well, fiance at the time graduated from college. And then my oldest son and his fiance just got married two weeks ago. 
So we've had all of these events that have been ramping up to that wedding. And now that huge event is over and the adrenaline rush is starting to come back down and it is a letdown. Yeah. Uh, you had, when you have something big on the calendar and then that thing is done, then it's natural for you to have our physiologically, our bodies experience a letdown. So now uh, I'm, I'm very tempted to cope with that by pouring myself into work a hundred percent. But really what I need to do is just some, spend some time in quiet and, and reflect on that time. So it, and quiet is this, this beautiful gift that we've been given, but we, we think we can't do it. We don't necessarily need hours. We don't need like a, a, a monastic retreat. We don't need to be a monk. Um, although that would be fantastic. I can yeah, use yeah. a couple of days of quiet, but <laughs> yes. five minutes of quiet, just alone, yeah. focused on your breathing, 10 minutes, boy, even in the car, maybe don't listen to music. Just have a little quiet time. Let your mind idle. Uh, our minds weren't always stimulated the way that they are right now. Yeah. And just anything we can do to give our minds a little bit of time to rest and recharge and listen is priceless time. And, and right now I've been struggling with that and I'm, I realize it and that's on the plan for, uh, for tomorrow, for Saturday for yeah. me. And, and of course, you know, I think listeners, we've, we've all experienced this with all the guests that we've had on these podcasts is that it's our own experiences that we have that enable us to help other people in similar circumstances. So what you're talking about there, Eric, must be a great uh, realization in, in your own life, you know, going way back and even now that allows you to help other people do the same because we've got to put our own oxygen mask on first haven't we before we can help others and in what you do i think that's really important so how do you integrate that into the aspect of your uh, your your coaching uh, and your challenge as well because challenge is an interesting word because when you're burning out challenge feels a little bit like hard work but how do you bring that that silence and that you know just catching that moment into that challenge yeah, so challenge is, uh, and that's interesting that you brought that up because most people who are burnt out have been taking on a lot of challenges. Mm. That's kind of why they're burnt out. But the challenge in this is will you take a step forward to try to ease the hold of burnout? Do you care enough about yourself to do that? Or is it just going to be another thing that, oh, I'm burned out and this is this is a crutch for me. I'm just going to blame, I'm just going to blame my burnout. Yeah. So what, what it talks about is just five simple steps. I don't, I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. In fact, you know, this as well, Simon, there's very little new content that's that people are coming <laughs> up with. Yeah. We just try to find creative ways to rebrand it so that it, so that it lands for people. Yeah. So this is just another, uh, another attempt that I have for people to see, oh man, maybe I'm not as far gone as I thought I was. And maybe there are a few, I love small but significant steps that I can take to maybe push burnout back a little bit so that I can breathe a little bit. Sure, sure. And that, and that sounds like a great place to start as well. So if... If you've been working on these things in, in yourself, how has it been for you? 
you know you talked about the, the the dental practice you've talked about that you know development of three days doing that and then two days into coaching and keynote speaking how has it been for you what kind of differences has it made for you and what kind of differences have you seen in the people that you work with as well in both sides of it yeah so it took uh it took my team at the office a little bit to to understand what i was what i was doing i bet but they also saw me at my worst they also saw me when right after my associate had his car accident and the rest of 2021 i was literally a chicken with my head cut off i mean i was still doing good treatment um for my patients taking care of them but i because i was so busy i lost the most important part of my job and that's relationships mm. so the dentistry is fine I, I think i'm pretty good at it but if it wasn't for the human connection that comes along with it i i definitely would have walked away so i love my team i really do i don't just say that tongue-in-cheek i love my patients i'm blessed to i think work with the best dental team that's ever been created yeah. um I'd, I'd argue anybody with that um, yeah. And I think I have the best patience uh, of of any dental practice as well. So one thing that I did is I just I learned to lean into that part of of my business. So I'm maybe not scheduled quite as tight as I was. So I have a few minutes to ask people how they're really doing and listen mm -hmm. to to what's going on, because, again, a lot of people are isolated don't have anyone that they feel they can actually talk to. So I want to open that door and have that possibility. And then, you know, when I step out of when, so Wednesday nights, I'm, I'm done with the first part of my week. My wife and I go out for a date night to our favorite restaurant in town on Wednesday nights. And that is kind of that event that signals the first part of the week is done. And the second part of the week is starting. Love that. And then mostly what I do with, my speaking and coaching is more with relationships. So yeah. that's awesome. And relationships are what my, my life is all about. So I, I feel wildly blessed by that. My team understands it. Uh, they try to support me well in it. And uh, it's, it's really, it's really going well at this point. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm sure listeners, you feel the same, but when I go to the dentist, uh, I very, very rarely talk to the dentist. Uh, I used to have a dentist some years ago who was a great guy uh, and we would have a chat. But certainly here in the UK, we've gone very much down the franchise route. You don't see the same dentist perhaps two or three times. So you don't get that relationship built. Uh, and I've never seen that much of a problem. because I just want to sit down, say everything's OK and get out of the chair as quick as I can. Uh, and my wife is a complete opposite. She never went to see the dentist before we got married. And one of the things I said is, I'm going to go and take you to see the dentist that we had at the time, Andrew Usher. And she loved him. She said, oh, I can't believe how he talks to me, how at ease I am. And she said, he treats me like I'm a 12-year-old going to the dentist for the first time. And she loved that. Uh, and she goes to the same franchise dentist, but she always makes sure it's the same person. She always asks, will it be, and I can't remember the person's name, but she really sees that relationship important in that treatment. And I, I don't 
quite so much uh, or hardly at all but she does and I think you know it's interesting what you said do you find that people that you work with on the burnout have different values on that relationship do you think people some people just want a fix or do you think some people want a, a more of a relationship or is there lots of people in between I'm just interested to find out what your thoughts are on that yeah there's definitely people who are are like your wife and there are definitely people like you and everybody everywhere in between hmm. uh, some people what we do is just a commodity uh, they have something that's broken they come yeah. in when it's broken, they want it fixed, and they want to get the heck out of there. And that's the end of the relationship, and, and that's okay. Um, one of the hardest things for me being out of the office on Thursdays and Fridays is if patients who are used to seeing me come in on Thursdays and Fridays and they fall more in that relationship type of category like your wife, yeah, they get a little bit grumpy sometimes that I'm not there. So... Yeah. Uh, our team just makes sure they reschedule them back when I'm going to on one of the days that I'm going to be there sure. in the future. So, yeah. And, you know, it's pretty easy. You have to, to be a dentist, you kind of have to be a psychologist as well. You have to be able to read people. And so I know pretty quickly and, and over time, if, if somebody's not feeling it, then we do an exam and we let them go on their way. I tell them yeah. to have a great day and that's okay too. So trying to figure out what everybody needs is kind of a complex thing. Yeah, great. Well, be before I come to ask you to share how people can connect with you, and then we'll go into some of the final questions, I've got to ask a burning question because this is a question that we see on TV a lot. Uh, you're the first dentist we've ever had on this podcast. Um, do they teach you at any point in being a dentist how to understand people when they've got a mouth wide open full of lots of different things. Because I'm always amazed. I sit there and I'm going, uh, 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 uh. And, and the dentist goes, yeah, that's a great point. How, how did you understand that? Do they, do they teach that at dentistry school? You know, that is so funny because I've probably been asked that at least every other month for over 20 years. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm sorry, I had to ask it. No. Yep. And no, they don't teach us that. Uh, However, there's a limited number of things that people are going to try to say while we have our hands in their mouths. Yes. So by process elimination, you kind of try to pare it down. And sometimes I have patients that are just talkers. They love to talk. So we'll be right in the middle of finishing up, placing a filling. It's got to stay extremely dry. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, yeah fashion yeah. the tongue around in their mouth yeah <laughs> yep and i just say please hang on to that i need about three minutes that i want to hear all about it <laughs> yeah oh, so no they don't teach us that but um but you learn it as you go along of course level work <laughs> yeah. yes learn as yeah. you go for sure yeah. that's yeah. a great question yeah yeah good Listeners, I know you were wanting the answered, so I had to ask you. Um, so tell tell the listeners how we can find out more about you uh, and the hashtag win the now. Just give us a little bit, a bit of an idea of where people can find you, Eric. Yeah, so kind of home base for me is my website, yep. www.ericrecker.com, E-R-I-C-R-E-C-K-E-R.com from there. There's a, a header page. There's my information about my speaking, information about coaching, 
yep. a link to the burnout challenge, a link to my book, link to my blog, a link to my social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn are all on there. So that's kind of the kind of the landing page for me and where you can find, I guess, all things Eric. Yeah, yeah, great. And you know, you we've talked about the the, the burnout challenge. Is that something that's on the go on a regular basis? Is that something that listeners can go and take a look at and sign up for? Or is it sort of something that comes along once or twice a year? It is consistently available. So it's always available. All I, uh, all it takes is enter your email and you'll start the, the five days, the automatic five days of the challenge. You don't have to do it in five days. It'll be waiting there for you in your inbox. If day three is one that you feel like you need to sit in and ponder for a little bit, fantastic. Then open day four when you're ready. And then from there, uh, we uh, it goes into uh, some other details about what some next steps might be when we get done with that. Right. Great. Yeah. And I'm I'm always interested because I remember doing one of Tony Robbins uh, courses some years ago, and he said, you know, this is a seven day challenge or seven day. I can't remember. What it, was, it wasn't called a challenge then because challenge wasn't the the in word. Um, but he said, if you want to do it in seven days, you can. If you want to do it in more than seven days, but if you're an overachiever, you can do it in. 24 hours if you want you know it's that kind of thing and i suppose the intensity of doing it in 24 hours might be a little bit on the extreme side if you listen if you're going to do the challenge you're going to try and do it in less than five days you definitely need the follow-up steps with eric because you, you you definitely need more <laughs> silence and more help with the burnout so thanks for sharing that i love um, that simon that's that's yeah. really well said if you're if you are a if you're doing a seven-day challenge in 24 hours then we need to talk <laughs> yes definitely definitely so um if you could give the listeners and you, you, i think you've given us a real very important tip here about you know uh being in the moment taking those five minutes of silence and i really struggle with that because my head just doesn't stop thinking and i find that very very difficult in both business life and in my faith as well but if you could give the listeners one more tip that they can take away that they can do something with in the next week what would you like the listeners to do and take away yeah i think there's this lie that taking care of ourselves is selfish that self-care is selfish mm. Everything that we do for other people pours out of how we take care of ourselves. So my big suggestion for people would be to find ways that you can take care of yourself in the next week. So that can be so many things like not looking at your phone while you're laying in bed before you go to sleep. Uh, yeah. That can look like finding five minutes and my head spins too. It was so hard for me to get quiet when I started. So I just focused on my breathing, just yeah. three or four counts in three or four counts out really slow, deep breathing, oxygenating your body, but look for ways that, that you can slow down a little bit and, and take care of yourself, even in those small minutes, yeah. even in uh, five minutes can do a world of good, uh, if you just allow your brain to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's really important. And listeners, you know, you probably picked up on what Eric said earlier on that, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is dental work and then a date night. And then that restarts the week 
as Thursday, Friday for the for the coaching and the keynote, etc. And I think it's that's part of that self care, isn't it? We have to do things like that just to give ourselves a little bit of a treat. Uh, and those around with us, it's not just about us, is it? You know, self care is helping those very close to us as well. So I love the fact that that's part of your your self care uh, process as well. So that's great. Um, if you listeners. Um, Thinking about sleep, the episode before this actually had two people who talked about the importance of sleep and some things of how to get to sleep. So definitely suggest that you have a listen uh, to that with uh, Ryan and and Nick. Uh, If you could think of one other thing, Eric, I just want to ask this because if there's one thing that you have found to be really beneficial in that self-care aspect, what would you want to share with the listeners that perhaps they have an idea because I'm sure many of us are sat here thinking mm, yeah this sounds really good but I don't know where to start what worked for you and perhaps what might work for somebody else other than the, the sleep aspect of it yeah so so when the, the hashtag win the now is is all about uh being in the moment mm. living in the moment that you find yourself so being in the same place uh, with your mind and your body. So we have these supercomputer distractors in our pockets that we can pull out and be a million miles away from the people right in front of us. So even asking a simple question, when you feel that urge to reach for your phone, just asking, why am I picking my phone up? And just having to answer that question to yourself before you pick it up may save a break in a conversation at the dinner table. Uh, and, and when you are fully in the moment, then you are experiencing the best that life has to offer because all we're really doing is trading our time and our money for experiences. That's really what life is just a series of experiments and experiences that we have. So any way that you can find yourself to be fully in the moment is going to be a better moment than one that you're zoned out on your phone or your devices. Yeah, yeah, great advice. And one thing I'll add to that, because of where I've been uh, earlier today, I've been with a prospect and we were trying to work out where to meet. And I know exactly. So I I choose places to meet people. I choose places to go and do some quiet work. And I choose them because there is no phone signal. There's no cell signal. So when we went into this cafe, it's in this tin building a garden center and i knew that my watch you know it's not just your phone is it you know my watch my ipad my phone everything's connected and i knew i could sit there for that amount of time with no distractions and we had such more uh, intensity in that meeting because of that lack of distractions and likewise when we go away on vacation sometimes we pick places not where oh we'll go somewhere where they've got good wi-fi Actually, let's go somewhere where there's no Wi-Fi, where there's no cellular access. Yeah. And it feels really awkward, awkward, doesn't it? It feels like somebody's chopped your arm off. But we do have to find those those moments, those nows uh, as, as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So final question then, Eric, before we wrap it up. If you could have your great coffee with the passion fruit and the dragon fruit and whatever else it was in there that you mentioned you could have that dream coffee in a dream location with one of your favorite books that's helped you in life and in business not a fictional book but something that's helped you in life and business where would it be 
and what would be the book that you would be reading? Oh boy. That's a big one. Well, it would, it would be in, uh, Park City, Utah. Uh, my, my wife and I love to go out there and, uh, just be in the mountains. Some people are beach people and some people are mountain people. And we are with you. I'm with you on the mountains. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, it would be in the morning as the sun's coming up over the uh, over the mountains uh, with my Bible. That is for sure where I would be sitting. But another book that I've recently really enjoyed is a book called From Strength to Strength by Arthur Brooks. And it talks about how as we get on in life, our focus changes a little bit uh, and it can become one of impact towards other people and how we can use what seems like the decline of the second half of life to actually make an impact and leave a legacy. And it's, it's a fantastic book and uh, that's probably where I'd be right now. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned your Bible there. And over here in the UK, we had a set of manuals uh, called Haynes Manuals. And whatever model of vehicle you had and car you had, there was a Haynes Manual that would tell you how to take it apart and put it back together again, things you should do. Uh, And I often say that the Bible is like the Haynes Manual. If you want to know how to live your life, the Haynes Manual uh, is version of that is the Bible. So it's a good instruction book of how to live our lives. But also I would add, and you know, we did the business as a Christian podcast that actually as a business person, there are lots of good instruction based content in there as well. And I make a lot of my decisions based upon what I read in the Bible, as well as some of the business books. So if some of you are thinking it's only for life, it's not for business, then it certainly isn't. Uh, So we'll, We'll make sure we give the other book a shout out as well. So uh, we know where you want to be. We know what you'll be drinking. Uh, Mountings are definitely it for me. And uh, yeah, that's a great book. Two books to share with us at the end. You've been an amazing guest, Eric. Thank you so much for giving up your time for a second time for one of my podcasts. And I know the listeners have taken such value and it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. It's been a great blessing. And of course, listeners, you only have a couple of jobs to do now. First one is to leave this podcast episode a review. Tell us what you've learned from what the conversation has given you today, but tell us also how you've implemented it. Tell us what difference it's made to your life and your business by listening to Eric's tips and advice and putting them into action. You can subscribe. Of course you can. Uh, But most importantly, I think for me, it's finding those moments, it's finding those silences, and it's finding things that help you do the self-care to avoid burnout. And as somebody who's been there, and you've heard Eric's story as well, and anyone listen to this, be aware, listen to the signals that other people are sharing with you as well, and look at yourself, reach out to Eric, do the challenge, get that help, whoever you reach out to, to avoid that burnout before it comes, and be one of those few that actually doesn't have a burnout because you're aware of it and you avoid it. And that's what you can do for us today. And as always, I will see you all on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. 
Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.